Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back to another Tactical Tuesday. This is practical insights and advice to help you lead in your clean energy career and transform and grow your solar clean energy business here with us on Suncast. You know, Houston is rapidly transforming into the clean energy capital of the United States, spearheading the renewable revolution. Today's Tactical Tuesday explores Houston's rise as the capital of the clean energy transition, showcasing its importance through the all-important Sarah Week conference that I've mentioned here a few times, as well as the work transforming the city by the Greater Houston Partnership and their HITAI, the Houston Energy Transition Initiative. Tune in today to discover how Houston is leading the way towards the clean energy revolution, why it should be pinned on your map, and how it serves as a blueprint for how other cities might follow suit. Along for the ride today is two different guests. We've got Jeff Tolner, the president and interim CEO of Shoals Technologies Group, as he shares his unique perspective on the energy transition gained not only from walking the oil and gas centric conference, Sarah Week, but also his time in prior industries, including telecom. Next up after that, we have Jane Stricker, the executive director of the Houston Energy Transition Initiative and the Greater Houston Partnership, as they unveil the collaborative efforts driving Houston's clean energy transformation. Jane shares insights into the thriving clean tech startup scene and the city's impressive growth in attracting resources and talent. And to our podcast listeners, I would highly encourage you to watch this episode over on our YouTube channel so that you can walk the Sarah Show floors with me and see the energy at this particular conference. I've told you before, I'll tell you it again. Next March, you should have Sarah Week on your map. Sarah Week by S&P Global is one of the highlight shows of the year in my view, my book. But for now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune into another practical, tactical episode here on Suncast. Jeff, I think this is your first year at Sarah Week. What's your impression so far? It is. I, I'm, I'm impressed by the attendance, number one. Uh, but the topics are really interesting because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a techno geek yeah. by nature. So I, I love technology. And uh, one, of, one of the things we briefly mentioned is uh, molecules and electrons. I live in an electron world. Oh, yeah. And a big part of this conference are molecules. So that's been fun. There are, you know, thousands of people here. It's, it's a, by and large, oil and gas conference. Yeah. Do you have any expectations in terms of the kinds of conversations or meetings that you will be having? I, I won't say expectations, but I, I've, I've seen this before. Yeah? Right? Oh, tell me. Um, in other industries, so let's use, let's look at Distributech for one, which is a transmission right. distribution event. And uh, it's, it's really become a, a much broader scope and scale. It started off by a few charging companies would go in for electric vehicle uh-huh. charging. Yeah. So then it's market adjacencies start to start to leak in. Look at the Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. 
which was largely a compressed natural gas event mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Now it's an EV event. And it, yeah. And it started with just a couple of EV companies in there. Now it's 90% electric vehicles. Right. So what I suspect will happen here is over time, the renewable sector is going to get bigger. Yeah. The, and it's not just electrical renewables. It's going yeah. to be the molecular-based renewables like hydrogen. Yeah, hydrogen's playing a huge role here. I was telling yeah. you, I saw this uh, conversation where the CEO of Simvita and a couple of others were speaking about the uh, sort of the rate of acceleration of the hydrogen economy mm -hmm. and uh, what is scalable, what is financeable. And it reminded me a lot of the battery storage conversations that we were in four or five years ago. Um, but I love that you brought in the comparison to DTEC. That's a really interesting one because not even, I find that even a lot of folks in the solar industry, like they're not aware of distribution, right? Yeah. They, um, they are, they're going to Infocast. We're kind of doing a circuit on uh, in the same theme park, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and we're and we're not surprised when we see each other like between rides. Yeah. And I would encourage folks, as Shoals is doing, as our friend John Berger at Sonova is doing, to come to these events that are on the. I mean, we're really the. This is the battleground. I, I mentioned it to. Uh, I think I mentioned to Kathy earlier. Your head of marketing that um, we're in scrimmages, like we're, we're in practice games at RE+. Plus. Yeah. We're all in the same, we're all on the same field, you know, sort of loving what we're doing together. But we're practicing for this, like this is the battleground and hearts and minds are gonna be won here. Jennifer Granham, Secretary Granham just gave a talk all about how we need to build a bridge and how we can't do this without the oil and gas industry. You've got a long history in building electrification, controls, and uh, and now mobility and e-mobility e and electrification. What are the things that you forecast for not just Shoals, but our industry? We still need to learn how to do well to yeah. play at a big stage. Yeah, I, for me, it's the end-to-end -end ecosystem. Mm -hmm. when, when we look at energy efficiency, mm -hmm. It's the electric grid all the way through the, to the people that consume energy, whether it's a building or a device or, or a person. Yeah. That whole ecosystem has to be considered. From a solar perspective, we do utility-grade solar. So we tend to focus on the electrical, well, our business is the electrical balance of systems in a utility-grade solar yeah. field. Now, we think of that project that has a fence around it, mm -hmm. and then the energy is handed off, and that's somebody else's responsibility, mm -hmm. and it is. But the connection to the utility is required because if you can't sell the electrons that are created and introduce it to the grid, there's not going to be value in that deployed field. Yeah. So I, I think the adjacencies in the ecosystem have to be considered because when, when we look at optimizing efficiency within the fence in a mm -hmm. solar field, how can we then further help upstream right. with, the electric, with the electric utility? Right. And it's a global problem, yeah. right? Because the electric grids are not prepared for mm -hmm. the amount of energy that's being consumed by things like electric vehicles, but then also the distributed energy resources that are created in pumping electrons right. into the grid. Protection systems have to change all of that. The broad ecosystem is an area that I don't see much discussion at all, yeah. and I think we really need to have that discussion. You were talking about the broad ecosystem. I met with uh, the head of sales for Siemens Energy mm -hmm. yesterday. Yep. And I've been trying to draw some sort of 
extrapolate some similarities in industry mm-hmm. for folks to wrap their head around how the companies that we are developing in the solar and renewable energy sector are more than uh, just niche companies. They are the equivalent of, right? Mm -hmm. And in many ways, we've got like the brands that we recognize, the Schneiders and the Siemens. Mm -hmm. I see Shoals as the kind of company in our sector that will rise to be, to, to take the, to take on and to take the place of the Schneiders and Siemens in the industry. Do you think that's an accurate assessment? I think it's interesting. Um, When I look at what they do, they're they're a multinational, um, multi, they cover almost every market you can imagine. Yeah. Um, But when I look at what we do, the core foundation of what we do, we deliver electrons in a cool, innovative way. (laughs) Now, only a a geek like me would think wires and boxes are cool. (laughs) But with that said... You're not not alone. There are always markets. So anything that consumes electricity needs wires, right? Yeah, yeah. And anything that creates energy needs wires. Yeah. Um, So I think the foundational aspect of it is we're right now the brick and mortar at the base of the house. Mm. The decision we have to make as a company is... What are those market adjacencies? What are the product adjacencies? Yeah. Um, and where, where I've seen so many companies struggle is getting too far out of what they do really well. Right. Um, and then when I when I think of Siemens, I think of ABB, I think of the, the multinationals, right? Yeah. What they lose by that scale is rapid innovation yeah. and out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah. Um, they're unwilling to disrupt their own business. Right. Ooh, that's interesting. And market disruption is what makes a company grow at a pace like us. We're mm-hmm. 50% year-over-year year with a big denominator. Yeah. I mean, that, that's crazy growth. Yes. And I think we can sustain that if we, if we really stay locked into what we do well yeah. and grow into adjacencies. Right. Well said. So let's walk around. I kind of want to show folks what we have here at Agora. Agora, for those who are unfamiliar, is a company, but they sponsor this whole section of like the innovation. Uh, it's kind of like where the clean energy conversation, the energy transition conversation is being held. And, uh, and so there are a lot of, uh, <clears throat> there are a lot of sessions over here that are part, not a part of like what we consider to be the main stage conversation. Yeah. Every major company, Mitsubishi, Exxon, Echo, Echo Petrol, Eight Rivers. Uh, uh, I'm looking, I'm Chevron. They all have rooms over here, and so they're meeting rooms. But they're meeting rooms. Like, you should actually take a leaf out of their book here. Their meeting rooms are production. You know, when you partner with our partner, Trina Solar US, You get more than best-in-class Vertex modules. You also gain a bankable partner for optimized compatibility and improved system value. With the Trina Pro Utility Scale Solution, or C&I Solutions, Trina Solar is the only PV module manufacturer in the United States that offers one-stop system integration solutions, including Trina Tracker, inverters, and full BOS support to lower your levelized cost of electricity. Learn more at mysuncast.com forward slash Trina. Have you been curious about utility scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid-cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. Its built-in DC to DC coupling combined with other features like a higher 
energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash SunGrow. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on SunCast. Yeah, you. Thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void. But there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know. I can hardly believe it myself. (laughs) But that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show. If you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast, I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review. That's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today. So if the show has helped, inspired, or even entertained you at all, I'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. I'm here with Jane Stricker of Hetty. Jane's going to tell us a little bit more about the Hetty House at Sarah Week and the fantastic activity they've got going on here in Houston. So, Jane, take it away. Awesome. So, Hetty is the Houston Energy Transition Initiative. We're part of the Greater Houston Partnership, which is the economic development organization for the, the Texas region, for the Houston region. And, uh, and really, our focus is ensuring the long-term economic viability the city of Houston through the transition to an energy abundant and low carbon future. So we've brought together 25 of the largest energy companies here in Houston to lean into the energy transition, so to speak, and to accelerate those technology solutions that will allow us to maintain our world leadership in the energy industry for the long term. And this is our heady house. It is wonderful. Can you give us a little tour? Absolutely. So the way we laid this house out was intended to really capture what's happening in the energy ecosystem in Houston. And so we start with our university walls. So we've got five universities showcased here. Each one of them is doing work in both uh, energy transition research and technology development, as well as energy programming uh, for their their students. And so we really wanted to to showcase, this is where it all starts, with the students, who are developing the technologies and the solutions for the future. And what are the universities? I see Texas A&M. So we have Texas A&M, Rice University, Mm -hmm. Texas Southern University, UT Austin, and University of Houston. Fantastic. And then from there, we go into the area of our incubators and accelerators. Mm -hmm. And they're really instrumental in helping entrepreneurs and startups develop their business strategies, develop their technologies, and have the space in the community that they need to become successful entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's a so Greentown Labs. Greentown Labs, we've got Activate Fellowship. And over here we've got, over here we've got Unique Ventures. And really we're seeing more and more. We have over 30 yeah. incubators and accelerators in Houston right now. Uh, all helping us grow this innovation network that exists. Yeah. And so as we move back, we've got five Houston-based startups yeah. as a showcase to really give you a sense of 
what's happening here across all different aspects of the energy transition. And ultimately, the idea is that you need all players in the ecosystem, yeah. from universities all the way through to the big energy industrial players, in order for this energy transition to be successful. It seems like a great template for cities like Houston to build a bridge. To, but this is... Uh, it's a, it is a, it's a, it's a melting pot for the energy industry, really right? Yeah, yeah, and it's really leveraging the things that we already have here yeah. that we do really well, mm-hmm. and incorporating in the new technologies, new right. solutions that will allow us to do these things in a low carbon way for the yeah. future, and, and really achieve the goals of the energy transition. Mm-hmm. And so, our our last wall that I want to show. Our, our ecosystem wall really gives you a sense of just how much is happening here. We've got over 220 mm-hmm. clean tech and climate tech startups in Houston today. We've got 30 colleges, universities, and schools. Wow. We've got That's really 35 incubators and accelerators. We've got our investment community. And then we have so many energy industrial corporates that are really looking for those solutions for the energy transitions. And having all this together really sets the, gives us the advantage in the energy transition. And what was it that the mayor pointed out? The, the d- difference Giuliano was pointing out to the mayor about the difference of Houston versus Boston, for example. Absolutely. So Greentown Labs in Houston has uh, over 80 companies yeah. after just a year and a half here in Houston. Yeah. It took them, uh, I think, six years to get to 60 companies yeah. in, in Boston. So yeah. it's amazing how much we've grown it really is. this the, clean tech. The hunger, the fervor here in Houston yeah. is unmatchable. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. The energy transition is here and we are leading it. That's for there we go. We got the University of Houston. Yep. And then there's this uh, beautiful transition initiative timeline. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah. So it starts back in 2019 with a couple of key activities that sort of set the stage. So both Rice University and University of Houston launched their carbon programs. Mm-hmm. And the city of Houston, along with NRG, University of Houston, Centerpoint and Shell, established the Evolve Partnership, which is focused on driving, uh, it's a public-private partnership to, to drive EV sales and market share in the Houston region. Um, and then you can see a few things happen, the city does its climate action plan, we start to set the stage, and then all of a sudden, Boom. things just go crazy. More and more projects being announced all the time. And so we think that that list of projects every month is just going to continue to get longer and longer. So this will actually become a living site on yeah. our on our website. Yeah. And uh, and it'll we'll continue to add projects to it yeah. and showcase all the things happening in Houston and the energy transition. What would you have to say for folks who are currently trying to make a decision around where in the United States they're going to place their clean energy company? So I will bring you over here to this statement at the bottom. It says that there is no geography in the world in a position to support the transition to and the integration of of our net low carbon energy solutions in Houston. And those are my words. Said said by by the illustrious Jane (laughs) Stricker. But the reality is... We have the assets here, we have the infrastructure here, we have the capital here, we have the technical capability here. There really is no place else in the world where you can find that intersection of activity that really does make this ground zero for the transition. Ground zero for the transition, energy capital of the world, now the clean energy 
capital of the world, Texas yes. is going to take the going to take the uh, crown, right? Absolutely, take the crown no Q3, by Q3 of 23, we expect yeah. that Texas will be, will the, be the largest. Uh, the renewable, the uh, wind and solar leader in the United States. And soon the world. Absolutely. <laughs> soon they'll say, as goes Texas, as goes the world, right? That's right. Well, that's it here from Sarah Week with James Stricker and the Houston Energy Transition Initiative. Thank you so much. It Thanks, was really Mika. wonderful. It was great. Thanks. All right. Well, I hope that you agree with me that that is some fantastic information that not only did I glean because I made the effort to go down to Houston for Sarah Week by SP Global, but I'm also grateful to Jeff and the Scholes team for helping make that interview possible, as well as Jane and her wonderful team at Hitai for being available and open to random energy podcaster guy walking around the show floor asking for interviews. I commend the Department of Energy for the presence that they had at this past year's Sarah Week by S&P Global, and I do hope that you will consider tuning in to next year's event in person. There's tons of reasons. I've shared some of them here on the podcast. If you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'd also encourage you, if you are wondering how public power directors of the board or commissioners get chosen, selected, voted into their roles, well, you'll want to tune in here on Thursday because I've got a fantastic interview with one of the three main public power entities in Nebraska. That's right, Nebraska of all places. It is booming as you might expect for solar growth as well as many other of the flyover states so tune in this thursday as we dig into what it looks like to be a commissioner for one of these non-coastal states that is transforming the energy infrastructure around us i also want to take a moment and say thank you to those who help support this show both you the listener as well as our sponsors you can find out more about how you might partner with us and join them, get your message heard here each and every week, twice a week, by clean energy champions and solar warriors just like yourself by going to mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.